I was ordained an elder in 1994 by Bishop Blake of the North Texas Conference at Custer Road United Methodist Church in Plano, Texas. It was a humbling experience. I'll never forget that I had the imposter syndrome really bad. I knew that I had no business being there. I had no business kneeling there. I had no business being there with the bishop's hands on my head, praying that prayer to ordain me. I knew I was flawed. I knew I failed to measure up to the expectations and to the examples of those who went before me in the ministry and the service of God and who went before me in proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to all the world. The calling we have as Christians is clear and straightforward, and it doesn't really allow for much bending or breaking. Thus it is written, Jesus said, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. They, the disciples, were witnesses. They knew him, they saw him, they experienced him, his life, his teachings, his preachings, his healings, his feeding them, the feeding of the 5,000, they experienced his presence amongst them as he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, this is my body. And as he blessed the cup and said, this is my blood, they experienced his presence among them in his resurrection in the upper room. And at other times following his resurrection, they were, he was with them and they knew and they experienced that he was alive, alive, alive forevermore. I, I'll never forget that song. We sang that on my walk to Emmaus too. Alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive, alive forevermore. He is alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive. And I remember singing that and being just filled with joy at knowing that he is alive forevermore and with us and within us. But they knew it and experienced it in person, in corpus, in body form. We have their experience communicated to us through scripture and through the experience of the church across 2,000 years and in our own experiences. And we're called along with them to proclaim the risen, life-transforming presence, the repentance and forgiveness of sins to all the world, to all nations. That's a really huge calling, my friends. Repentance and forgiveness. So often Christians are guilty of really pounding home on that repentance bit. You've got to repent. You've got to recognize your sins. And if you don't, God's going to pound you. You hear that sound? Lots of Christians are really into that, have been for centuries. But when it comes to forgiveness, sadly, we're a little slow.
to forgive. We're a little slow to say those words that the church have been given. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. We're quick to pound on those that we think are doing wrong, and we're slow to pronounce forgiveness, the forgiveness of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. But that's our calling, to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins. And, and, and notice it's to all nations that we are to proclaim this. Why can't it just be to us right here in this town, in this community, in this state, in this nation? We have enough people right here who need to hear the gospel, to hear the calling to repentance and forgiveness that Jesus has for us. Yeah, that's right. I agree, we do. And we're doing a terrible job of it as a people. A few months back, in one of those sermons I preached just before the coronavirus shut everything down, I quoted some statistics regarding church attendance and participation in the religious life. The figures were dismal, my friends. The church is doing a horrible job of being the church. Why? Perhaps because we've become a little complacent with how things are. We like worshiping next to the people we know and like. And there are times when even the best of us just wouldn't like it if certain people were to show up. It's ironic, isn't it? At a time and a place and an age when <laughs> we can't show up, not and be safe from hurting others. We come to realize that this is the time when we as a people must be reaching out. Today is Ascension Sunday, that Sunday just before Pentecost, which is next Sunday, in which we remember and recognize and celebrate the ascension of Jesus to heaven. It's also in our secular calendar, Memorial Day Sunday, when we remember those who gave their lives in the service of the country. And in Methodist circles, it's also known as Aldersgate Day, a time when we remember that John Wesley went to a Moravian gathering, a brethren gathering in London, and his heart was strangely Warmed. He felt the presence of Jesus in his life, in his heart, in a way that went beyond his earlier experiences as a Christian and as an ordained minister of the Church of England. His heart was, as he says, strangely warmed, brought to life, brought to flame like the candle burning here on the altar, brought to a flame and a light anew. And he knew inside himself the, the presence of God fresh and new. That is what we need as a community, as a church, as a nation, and as the world. We need to have the light of God's love, the fire of God's presence burning within us anew so that we can proclaim that message. Yes, repentance, and yes, forgiveness of sins. And not just to the people we like, or the people that look like us and smell like us and act like us. And not just to the people we know. And not just to the people around us. 
but to everyone, to all nations, to the whole one world. We are called to proclaim this message. Repentance, yes. I think about my life and the things that I have done wrong and how I have failed to live that life of ministry that Jesus calls me to live. And some people tell me I'm a little too hard on myself and some other people let me know in lots of different ways that I'm not hard enough. The reality is, is that yes, I and you and we all have things for which we must repent. But when we do, there is that amazing message of forgiveness of sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. That we must proclaim, not just to our friends, not just to those we know, not just to the people that look like us and sound like us and act like us, but to all the world, to all the one world. We're called to proclaim this message of repentance and forgiveness. It's what Jesus gave to his disciples to do. Over in Matthew's gospel, he says, Go out and proclaim the gospel and baptize all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Luke's gospel, he gives them this commission to proclaim forgiveness, to proclaim repentance, to proclaim his presence. And the power of the Holy Spirit, which we will recognize next Sunday on Pentecost. Today we hear with John Wesley, when his heart was strangely warmed, we hear also this message. That God is not far from us. That God is right here. Dwelling in us. And calling us to reach out to the whole world with this message Repentance and forgiveness, this message of peace and love, this message of transformation, and what Methodists call sanctification, this message of God's love, which calls us to change, to turn, to follow him, and forgive. Today I invite us to have a time of repentance and forgiveness. In the silence of your hearts, I invite you to dig down deep, to thank the resurrected Christ for the life and presence that he has for you. And then the turnover yet again, whatever may be plaguing you, whatever fear, whatever pain, whatever failing may be plaguing you. And to know the forgiveness and life-transforming grace of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may the people of God say, Amen. In your presence, Lord.